Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series of fantasy football team previews, this time diving into the New England Patriots, of course, everyone's favorite team, you know, featuring the GOAT, uh, the best coach. Every, every, I'm sure everyone is very excited for the New England Patriots team preview. But before digging into that, of course, I need to tell you about all the cool stuff that we have going on on Roto experts.com with our NFL 365 package. For only $39.99, you have the ability to access our rankings, our projections, our customizable cheat sheets, all of our premium content, our best ball tools, the ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, the ultimate guide to winning play draft best ball leagues, and much more. I really do think that it probably is the absolute best value on the market for fantasy football content providers. I think that it will provide you with absolutely everything that you need to win your league. I think that you will really enjoy the experience. And now, let's go ahead and get into the New England Patriots. So starting out at the quarterback position, of course, Tom Brady is the starting quarterback. He is backed up by Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. Uh, The last time that Tom Brady finished inside the top 12 of fantasy quarterbacks was only in 2017. He had a two, he had 296 fantasy points in 2017, only 261 in 12 games in 2016, finished as the second overall quarterback in 2015. However, I do think it is pretty obvious that this is a different New England Patriots team. Uh, Brady threw only 570 passes last year, and uh, you know had one of his uh, had one of his le- lesser efficiency seasons over the course of like 10 years. You know, Tom Brady has had years of 9.4, adjusted yards per attempt. So last year's um, uh, 7.3 was actually uh, basically a middling season in terms of adjusted yards per attempt for him. So the biggest difference for Brady, of course, is going to be the absence of Rob Gronkowski and the acts and the absence of Josh Gordon. For Tom Brady's career, he is 1.5 adjusted yards per attempt worse when th- when uh, Rob Gronkowski is not on the field. So. Essentially, Rob Gronkowski has the ability to change what an entire offense looks like, and when Rob Gronkowski is not there, the offense is, of course, uh, you know, they're they're just going to look they're just going to look differently. There's there's not and there's not a replacement. Of course, you're not going to replace Rob Gronkowski. I mean, how would you even go about doing that? The guy is the guy is so good. The guy is so multi talented. There's just no way to replace him. So for fantasy football, Tom Brady is simply not in the first, second, or third tier of guys you want. If you're in a 12-team redraft league with weekly management, Tom Brady should probably go undrafted, especially like, you know, two or three weeks before the season when there's still time for like preseason injuries to happen. You There's, there's no value that you are gaining in keeping Tom Brady on your roster. There are 
10 quarterbacks who are going to have the exact same weekly projection as him. Uh, and, and New England is really trending towards running the ball more as well. If we look at what they did last season, they had two games with over 40 rushing attempts. They had six games with over 30 rushing attempts, and they were only under 20 rushing attempts against the Lions on September 23rd, uh, against the Titans on November 11th, and the 19 rushing attempts against the Steelers in December. All of those games were losses, and those were games where Tom Brady did not play particularly well. Uh, Tom Brady had a 53% completion rate against the Lions, 53% against the Titans, uh, 70% against the Steelers, but he threw only 272 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So I'm not trying to slight Tom Brady, but really the point that I would be trying to get across to you is that this is a different Patriots team than the one that existed before. Uh, Brady had only uh, five 300 passing yard games or more in 2017. He threw three or more touchdown passes in only six games. He threw one or zero touchdown passes in half of the Patriots games. Like, Tom Brady is just not a good fantasy football quarterback. I, and if if anyone out there is unaware of that information up until this point, uh, I apologize to you. I'm sorry if that was a harsh revelation, but he's just not a guy really that you're wanting to roster in fantasy football, partially because, uh, and this is true for all quarterbacks, as your weapons get worse, as the offense around you gets worse, it doesn't necessarily mean that your team is going to lose games. We don't think that the Patriots are going to like not win their division or anything like that, but they're just going to be a little bit less explosive on offense. That doesn't make uh, Tom Brady bad. That doesn't make Belichick bad. That just means that the offense is not going to be as explosive. Uh, really, I, I would say Brady is probably my least owned quarterback of like one of my least owned quarterbacks in all of them in the draft best ball championship because he doesn't even really have a good stack. You know, probably the Patriots pass catcher that I have drafted the most in the draft best ball championship is Josh Gordon, who is suspended and might not play a single down in 2019. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to stack Brady with Gordon because that might just end up being a, a flat zero. So uh, you know, I guess Brady is just sort of kind of a, a nothing, a non-noteworthy player for fantasy football in 2019. Moving to the running back situation, I think that this is the exact opposite. I think that if you had, if there was one of the things that you could figure out for the 2019 fantasy football season uh, ahead of, like ahead of time, if you got to, you got the the answer, the skeleton key, you got to know all the answers. I think figuring out the touch distribution between Sony Michelle and James White would be one of the things that you would ask for. So last year, Sony Michelle had 209 carries in 13 games, and James White had only 94 carries in those 16 games. However, James White had a, a team leading 123 targets and 87 receptions. Sony Michelle, on the other hand, had only 11 targets and 7 receptions. However, it's not like Michelle was this guy who couldn't catch passes at all in college. In 2015, he had 26 receptions. In 2016, he had 22 receptions. So that doesn't sound like a ton, but he played at Georgia where 22 receptions was actually uh, fourth on the team. And the year before that, in 2015, 26 receptions was third on the team. So he was earning like a decent market share of his college team's targets. He was a good pass catching back in college. And so it, it just seems odd that he was not used that way at all by New England, especially because New England really likes to have running backs that can do multiple things. That's why... Uh, 
they really liked Rex Burkhead because Rex Burkhead is capable of being, uh, you know, a good rusher and a good receiver. Uh, and I guess historically, New England has really segmented their guys in roles. Like you can go, you can go back to the very beginnings of the Brady Belichick era, and they would have pass catching back, goal line back, grind like you know, early down back. You know, everyone remembers uh, Stephen Ridley, Shane Vereen, Brandon Bolden, Jonas Gray. Everyone has their New England Patriots running back story. Overall, I, I unfortunately, I guess because our median projections are a little bit lower on the New England Patriots offense than the market expects them to be, I, I basically have drafted no Sony Michelle. I think his upside scenario is basically he scores a bunch of touchdowns. Like he he just becomes the primary touchdown scorer for the New England Patriots with no Rob Gronkowski and no Josh Gordon. I mean, the team only threw for 29 touchdown passes last year. James White had seven of those. Julian Edelman had six. And then uh, Cordell Patterson, Philip Dorsett, Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, and Chris Hogan all had three. So New England is missing a massive amount of their touchdowns. They're missing a massive amount of their targets. They're like The team is definitely going to look different in 2019. And I guess uh, I'm not super interested in paying what I think are kind of ceiling prices for Michelle and White. Uh, I, I do still like James White. I probably I would take him more often than I take Sony Michelle because the lack of the lack of pass catchers on the roster does seem like it probably is going to favor James White in terms of the Patriots not being able to like save him for the playoffs. Like what what we saw last year with White uh, a lot was that towards the end of the season he was not being used at all. So in weeks like from uh, from week 11 on, he did not top, uh, he, well, he had nine targets in week 12, then four, seven, five, four. But in the playoff game, he had 17 targets against the Chargers, six targets against Kansas City, uh, only four targets. Actually, one of the weirdest things about the Super Bowl was that in that win, Rex Burkhead was playing over James White. But James White started out the season really hot and then cooled off. I mean, Obviously, that's just going to be like a little bit of variance because it's pretty unlikely that any running back who is not, you know, a bell cow is going to score eight touchdowns in seven games the way that uh, the way that James White did. But overall, still more interested in James White than I am in Sonny Michelle. A little bit of interest in both Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead. I think Damian Harris probably is the backup for the Sony Michelle role. But I also he was you know sort of similar to sort of similar to Sony Michelle. He also played passing downs in college. He was a good pass blocker. The Athletics Jeff Howe has reported that Damian Harris looks good on passing downs. Uh, what Howe wrote on the Athletic was that Harris has shown good awareness while slipping out onto the flats on passing downs, and he believes that it's another trait that could make Harris a three down player. Uh, and I guess I haven't even mentioned that Sony Michelle basically has not been healthy in his entire. NFL career. He's had this weird knee injury that has caused him to be on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, he was not able to start the season last year. That's another reason why I'm not super interested in drafting Sony Michelle, but, uh, I, I will I definitely do need to concede that Sony Michelle's upside season is pretty crazy. If he earns some passing down work, if he is the primary goal line back for the Patriots, and we think that the Patriots offense is still going to be good, we think that the Patriots offense is still going to be better than league average. If Sony is the guy for them, something like three hundred and ten touches, uh fourteen hundred total yards, uh 
you know, I mean, what is what is a number of touchdowns I could say that would be believable but would not be absurd? You know, if Brady is not throwing these touchdowns to Gronkowski, if James White is not getting those gadget plays around the goal line, I mean, Tony Michel could score a lot of touchdowns. And so maybe I need to think more about, about trying to build him back into my draft best ball portfolio. I would say in your, your average like weekly management league, uh, 12 teams, you're playing with your buddies, pretty much not a chance that I'm going to be drafting Tony Michel. The knee concerns, uh, Damian Harris, 83rd overall. There are just they're just a lot of reasons to not be interested in drafting Sony Michelle if you're not drafting in uh, a ton of leagues. And then, you know, Rex Burkhead, 0RB, late round handcuff. Uh, I mean, he's basically free. Uh, it's just looking like he's going to make the team at this point. So, you know, interested in him uh, just a little bit. Moving to the wide receivers. I think that if things break out the way the team wants them to, their starting 11 personnel is going to be in Keel Harry, Philip Dorsett, and Julie Nettleman. However, in Keel Harry is dealing with a bunch of injuries right now, uh, according to NFL Network's Michael Girardi. He's missing practice due to a, a variety of ailments. And uh, also reporting out of Patriots camp is that he is being outplayed by undrafted free agent Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, of course, had the uh, insane game in the first preseason game for the Patriots where he caught six of his eight targets for 69 yards and two touchdowns. Belichick at least knows his name. Belichick said uh, after that game that he's got a long way to go in this league and that he wouldn't put him into the seasoned veteran category. However, I do think that he probably is going to make the 53-man roster. Uh, of these guys who I consider targets in standard you know, 12-team, 14-team leagues, the only one that I am really interested in at all is Julian Edelman. I think that Keel Harry is a little bit overpriced because he plays for the Patriots, and uh, Edelman seems you know, super locked in to basically what he did last year. Uh, he averaged 6.2 receptions per game. 70 yards per game, scored six touchdowns in 12 games. Basically, all of those seem pretty much exactly accurate to me. I think that he will have, uh, I think this could actually maybe be one of Julian Edelman's biggest volume seasons because they don't really have anything on the outside. Actually, probably even sort of similar to his 2016 season where he had 159 targets and uh, right over 1,100 yards. I think that's actually probably pretty similar to what he's going to be because that was another year where they didn't have a stud wide receiver on the outside. James White saw 86 targets that year. That was the Martellus Bennett season. Uh, Chris Hogan had 58 targets. Malcolm Mitchell had 48. Gronk played in only six games that year. Danny Amendola played a little bit for that team. That was a, a Dion Lewis year, a LeGarrette Blunt year in New England. I think that's probably pretty similar to how things are going to play out this year where Edelman is really the only guy who has a ton of solid week-to-week value. Obviously, the uh, the big elephant in the room here is Josh Gordon. And basically what I would say to you about Josh Gordon is you should be drafting him a little bit in the draft best ball championship. Now, I don't, you shouldn't draft him on every team. You shouldn't be going all in on Josh Gordon because obviously then you're, you're just automatically losing uh, a roster spot on all of your teams if Josh Gordon is unable to play. However, if you're looking at 16th, 17th, 18th round wide receivers and you're talking about ceilings, there probably is not a single wide receiver in that whole range that has the ceiling that Josh Gordon does. You know, Josh Gordon reinstated from suspension, serves a four or five six game suspension, whatever, he comes back. Then all of a sudden you have 10 games of Josh Gordon being the top target in the Patriots offense with no Rob Gronkowski. The team has reportedly stayed in contact with Josh Gordon. Uh, Gordon worked out with Tom Brady over the offseason. Like this is 
This is definitely stuff that matters. Uh, some of these secondary guys, Demarius Thomas, I am projecting him to play only 10 games this year if he even makes the roster. R recent reporting on his uh, Achilles injury does not sound great. I, 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 would, I, I just kind of think it would be unlikely for him to make a fantasy football impact this year. Uh, Dontrell Inman, a veteran guy who could probably make the roster. Philip Dorsett, I've seen like a little bit of hype for Philip Dorsett. However, uh, Philip Dorsett was a first-team player for New England last year. He had 42 targets, three touchdowns. I don't think that removing Rob Gronkowski from the offense and replacing him with Keel Harry or Jacoby Myers really makes uh, you know a huge. I don't think that there's a, a huge opportunity that was just birthed for Philip Dorsett. I just think it's more likely that Maurice Harris ends up being kind of more consistent week to week. Uh, reporting around Boston thinks that he's a lock for the 50-man roster, and people think that he probably is going to be a starter. Uh, I would tend to agree with that. He just sort of fits that Patriots ethos of a guy who's going to show up, get to work. Uh, he's, you know, he's not flashy. He's going to do what uh, he's going to do. The tight end situation for the New England Patriots. Rob Gronkowski is gone. Ben Watson will be their starter after serving a four-game suspension. For those first four games, Matt Lacoste, Steven Anderson, Ryan Izzo, Lance Kendricks, Eric Sobert. They tried to also trade for Michael Roberts. So this is a completely turned over group of tight ends. Uh, Anderson, Kendricks, Saubert, Lacoste, Izzo, these dudes are these dudes are all new. You know, there there is no continuity here. People thought it was going to be Austin Safarian Jenkins before he uh, apparently retired for a little while. I think the most likely answer here is that for four games, there's not going to be any predictive fantasy value for these guys. Ben Watson seems like a guy who actually probably will have some fantasy value after he serves that suspension. Again, another guy who just fits the the Patriots mold of a veteran. Uh, he's played with Drew Brees. He just kind of knows where to be. He knows how to pass block a little bit, knows how to run block a little bit, soft hands. He's going to be able to kind of pick up on the things that the Patriots are doing. Guy knows how to find a soft spot in the zone. Would I draft him? In some, I, I mean, he's like going to be a guy that you pick up as a, a a streamer, or or maybe you you pick him up in week three or week four, and then you wait for him to come back in week five. But not a not a super high ceiling on Ben Watson either. So that's going to do it for our New England Patriots fantasy football team preview. Of course, need to encourage you guys to go check out RotoExperts.com. Please go and check out our NFL 365 package. All of our ultimate guides, our projections, our rankings, all of our expert content. I think that you guys will really like it and enjoy it.